Welcome and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Donovan, my wife Jessica and I are the lead pastors here at Destiny Church Praha. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media or visit our website at destinypraha.com. Let's get into the Word. Welcome everybody, so good to be with you today. My name is Jessica and this is my awesome husband Donovan and we are the location pastors here at Destiny Praha and we are so excited to be bringing the word Mm -hmm. today. So it was originally going to be me (laughs) sharing but um, I think as I was working on this message and sort of chatting to Don about it we realized that a lot of what I would be speaking about today is something that we've walked through quite a lot in our lives we'll say the past 15 or so years of really being intentional about seeking god's kingdom and and being used in the kingdom for various things i think this theme is something that we can really testify to it's something we've walked through it's something we're familiar with and i'm really excited to share what that is after donovan opens up in prayer for us amen sure let's do that it's because eyes father we just thank you that your word is alive Um, Lord, we thank you that it brings transformation. Father, I just speak to every heart and every mind right now in the name of Jesus. And I I declare you open to receive this morning from the word. And um, Lord, we're just excited. We're excited to hear from you, Holy Spirit. We're excited um, to just hear your voice this morning, just to be in your presence. Uh, We just know that when we're in your presence, we cannot leave um, uh, not being transformed. So we're just excited to come into your presence and to just spend time in your word. Father, I just thank you for Jessie. I pray that you just bless her right now as she's prepared this word. Um, Father, and yeah, we just love you. We're expecting for bigger things. Lord, we're, um, we're thankful that restrictions are starting to loosen and we're looking forward to, to what we can do as a church in the next coming weeks. Father, we just want to bless you. We want to love you. We want to thank you for your word. Um, and Jesus, um, just inhabit this time with mm-hmm. us now. In your wonderful name, amen. Amen. All right, so about two weeks ago, I preached, and um, I preached on uncomfortable with uncertainty, and I spoke about how we as humans are just uncomfortable with with not being in control, with not knowing what's next, and how that automatically just leads into worry or anxiety, um, as we just realize that we really don't have much control in our eyes over various things. And I spoke about that scripture in Matthew 6, where Jesus speaks and he just, he calls us to a perspective change. He doesn't tell us, don't worry. He doesn't say that which concerns you is not important. All he says to us is, I hear you, I see you, but I want you to lift your eyes. I want you to know that I'm going to take care of you, but I want you to fix your eyes on me first. And the scripture says, and all these other things will be added to you. So that was very much a matter of the heart in the sense of speaking about how do we navigate uncertainty and how Jesus calls us to a perspective change. And then Donovan led on after that. This was super unplanned. Um, and he led on to speaking about priorities. Do you just want to quickly touch on what you shared? Yeah, we, so we spoke about priorities. Um, we spoke about making ourselves available to be used by God in the season that we are in and making his priorities our priorities, right? And not mm-hmm. trying to fit him into our priorities. Um, so I spoke about looking or paralleling kingdom priorities versus our day-to-day priorities. Yeah. Do the two look the same? Are the mm-hmm. two compatible? Because we live in a world that values self, um, self-worth, um, uh, material things, self-care, everything yeah. self, self, self. 
and the kingdom of God is very much serving, right? And we, we, we look, went through Philippians where it says, um, you know, God made flesh and Jesus became, uh, took the nature of a, of a servant, took the very nature of a servant and was obedient up into death on the cross. Yeah. We spoke a little bit about that and we ended, as Jess did, in Romans 12, actually speaking about do not conform to the patterns of this world, mm -hmm. right? Which is an instruction we see in the Word yeah. of God. And that is something I felt that we needed to constantly recalibrate in our minds and our hearts to not let um, society govern the way we do kingdom yeah. or business the way we do kingdom or, um, or social media or whatever it may be. The way God intended kingdom to be done yeah. is not always the same way that we see it being done yep. today. So do not conform to the patterns of this world, uh, but rather it talks about the renewing of the mind. And I feel like that was an instruction, almost a warning to us yeah. to constantly be recalibrating our priorities with that of God, taking on his priorities for kingdom in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of uh, what we were talking about last week. I think it's important what you touched on there when you said that, you know, the culture of this world is not the culture of the kingdom. And I think as believers, we need to be mindful of that and we need to be watchful. Um, I think we can become very ignorant or maybe not even realize how different or maybe how different the life is that we're called to as opposed to the life that we're living. You know, are we mostly influenced by the culture around us or are we cultured, uh, influenced by kingdom culture? Mm. So basically taking what I spoke about, about Jesus calling it to, us to a kingdom perspective and Donovan preaching so well on uh, changing priorities, we sort of were thinking, well, what's the next step? And the next step for us would be consistency. Because church, you can gain a really good perspective change. God could have worked in your heart amazingly over the past week and you could be getting a lot of priorities right in your life. But I think we know that it's easy to keep that momentum and to keep the consistency of the changes that we're bringing about for about a week, maybe two weeks, and then things slowly start to fall apart. But we're not even speaking about consistency, I think, in the short term. I think we're even talking long term consistency in the things and the principles of God. Yeah. So um, I think I'll just head straight into it. Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Mm -hmm. And that is very much what I touched on earlier. Is the life you are cultivating worthy of your calling? Mm -hmm. Does your day-to-day -day life match up with what God is asking yeah, of you? Sure. It's a heavy question. I'm just going to read that scripture again. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And as the culture of this world, as I said earlier, as it glorifies big moves and dramatic highs and lows yeah. and, and quick wins and hustling, you know, you can't get anywhere without the hustle and, um, you know, balance. Balance is a big one. You know, it's always important for us to maintain balance. You know, you got to be absolutely 100% at work, in your family, in your friendship circle, in your health, in your fitness, in your family. I mean, it's all about balance. It's completely unrealistic but it's something that that's the kind of pressure we put on ourselves and then i think my favorite word of all our our favorite christianese word seasons that is a big thing that i think we as christians like to throw in there you know well it's just not a season for this you know i don't think it's the right season for that um Definitely something that we'll be <laughs> elaborating on as we continue in the sermon. But then we look at the culture of the kingdom and we look in the word and all that we see in the word 
is perseverance, yeah. integrity, consistency, faithfulness, and endurance. Yeah, I'm going to, sorry, I want to interrupt you there. No, because, go for it. Yeah, that scripture is just so powerful. And I'm just reminded, this is Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Mm -hmm. This is Paul that when he was still Saul, before he had his Damascus, Damascus Road experience, was crucifying Christians. Mm -hmm. Sorry, crucifying, listen to me. Was... Um, <laughs> Uh, basically slaughtering Christians, yeah. right? He was, he was persecuting, like persecuting. <laughs> That's the word. Um, and he has a Damascus road experience and I love it because he gets sent um, to meet with, with one of the disciples at that time because he gets blinded. And um, it says that he spends several weeks with them and then he goes out to minister, right? And we see Paul, um, enduring intense things, mass persecution. Mm -hmm. The guy was hated amongst people. Yeah. Um, but he calls everything that he had learned prior to his Damascus Road experience in finding Jesus, he, he calls it all to naught. He says, uh, all is lost mm. for the sake of knowing Jesus. And then we see him in this passage saying what he says, right? And Paul is a perfect example of someone that consistently mm -hmm. followed kingdom values and kingdom principles. He yeah. prioritized the things of God in his own life, even when it caused him physical suffering. Yeah. Now, not many of us are in a position to say, hey, God, your priority is above mine, even if it causes me uncomfort. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what Paul's saying. And this is what Jessica is saying, is that the two parallels don't always meet up. Mm -hmm. uh, our practical day today, our current society versus the values that we see coming from kingdom and the priorities God expects us to have yeah. in honoring the calling we have on our lives. Yeah. Sorry. No, and isn't it interesting? I mean, you would say that Paul's experienced both sides of the coin, right? He's experienced the kingdom culture now after meeting up with Jesus, but before that he experienced the worldly culture, right? Yeah. And yet there he is saying, there is no other way for you. There is no other way that I can encourage you more into than into the culture of the kingdom to live our lives worthy of the kingdom, to live according to kingdom culture, to not get caught up in, in the expectations or the pressure or the quick wins or the dramatic yeah. highs and the lows and the drama and all those things that our souls seem to feed into. Paul's like, no, 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 no. You've got you to throw those things by the wayside because you have something bigger to fix your eyes on. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to head back into scripture. So we have John 15 verse 4 and it says, I think you've preached on this. One of the first messages you preached on last vine, year. Vine and the branches. Vine and the branches. If you haven't Med heard it. Meditate on this word, guys. <laughs> 15 verse 4. This is in John. It says, Abide in me and I in you. Yeah. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, I love the scripture and the reason why I wanted to read this is because I heard a really good analogy this week when it comes to consistency, you know, and, and you can use this as an analogy if you think of the, what we've spoken on the past two weeks, maybe if God's brought about a change in your life and the analogy goes like this, it says, imagine one day that I see a tree in my front garden and I think, wow, that tree would actually look really good in my back garden. So you go and you, you dig up the root system. You have a garden. I wish I had a garden, <laughs> but yeah, you, you dig it up and you go to your back garden and you, and you plant it in your back garden. And then 
three months later, you're like, you know what? That tree would actually look way better back in my front garden. You go and plant it back in your front garden and it kind of goes back and forth, back and forth. And I love that analogy because I think it speaks to the human condition. I think it speaks to how many of us approach things of the kingdom and maybe even approach things in our daily lives. I mean, I want to ask many of you, other than out of obligation, so for example, studies where you had to kind of stick it out, how many of you have stuck out, maybe stuck it out with a new goal or a new habit or something like maybe during quarantine last year, you decided to learn a new instrument. Maybe some of you have developed a new healthy habit like exercising. Is there anybody yet? Can you just raise your hand or let us know in the chat? How many of you have actually in the past while stuck to something consistently without backing down, without saying, oh, maybe I should try this, maybe I should try that, right? A, a new series on Netflix doesn't count. <laughs> yes, binge watching something is not a prize. We're not speaking about completing something like that, okay, or consistently watching Netflix. We're speaking about bigger things here. But I think that's a really, really great analogy because if we look at that word abide in John, the word abide means to stay in a given place. And for us, when it speaks about abiding, it speaks about maintaining unbroken fellowship with God. It's regularity. It's consistency. Because those are the kinds of things that are going to produce lasting fruit. You cannot expect any tree or any vine to, to grow fruit or produce fruit if it has no root system, yeah. if it has no depth, right? And another way of abiding is walking with God. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, He who abides in him ought to also walk just as he walked. Mm. So I love the word walking, right? What do you think of immediately when I say the word walking? It's consistent. Mm. It's one step after the other, moving forward, moving forward. So making time for things. We're constantly moving forward, making time for the word, making time for fellowship, making time for serving, making time for community, making time for family, right? It's just this one step after the other. Once again, bring it all home to priorities. Yeah. Exactly what you spoke on last week. And if we talk about this word abide and we use that passage about the vine and the branches, and I did minister on this ages ago, but you need to realize that um, the vine here is the word of God. It's God, right? God made flesh, Jesus. Um, and it talks about him being the vine, us being the branches. And then you need to realize um, we come from a wine country, so we've spent tons of time in a vineyard. But there is a ton of work, a ton of work that, going, that goes into producing a good yield from a vineyard. We just look at the crazy weather they just had now in France mm -hmm. that destroyed most of the that the harvest they will reap. You know, there is a lot of work that goes into maintaining that vine. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the branches, there's a lot of pruning that takes place. I mean, we know these things. We know these analogies. Mm -hmm. Inconsistency in the race to bear good fruit. Yeah. There is times mm -hmm. where things need to be cut off. Things need to be pruned. The yeah. noise needs to be cut off. Yeah. You need to be protected from the elements, which might seem like, you know, uh, things around you are changing. Uh, and these, we need to understand that this is how God works and wants to work in our life. Mm -hmm. And if we want to abide in Him yeah. and remain in Him and bear good fruit because we are remaining in Him, then we need to let His ways become our ways. Yeah. So, I mean, I think maybe I can throw a question out to you now. Um, I mean, so we're saying, you know, His ways becoming our ways, adapting to kingdom culture, not the culture of the world. 
And what would you say if I say to you, yeah, but it's all about a balance. You know, you don't want to go like too much this way. You don't want to go too much that way. I mean, what would your response be if I say to you, oh no, but you know, I don't need to get too crazy about reading the word or, you know, see church people too many times in a week or go to church four out of the four Sundays in a month, you know, because it's all about balance. It's all about just making sure that I'm still like very relevant to my worldly friends, you know, as well as my church friends. Yeah, <laughs> good question. Uh, this is not rehearsed, by the way. Yeah, this is very raw. We just wanted to share conversation with you guys. And I think my manly self would say, yeah, keep the balance right. My business would say, keep the balance right. You know, focus on well-being, yeah. focus. But it, honestly, I don't, I don't believe that really fits in with kingdom yeah. values. Yeah. Um, because there is a clear hierarchy that the Bible describes, right? And it's God first. It's God above my marriage. Mm -hmm. It's God above my family. Yeah. It's God above even this little gathering we call church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's about seeking Him first yeah. in those things, right? It's about, it's about whole, uh, holy dependence, dependence yeah. on Him. Yeah. Um, he wants me to put Him first mm -hmm. in my finances. And He wants... Me to get those things right, him first in every area of my life. Yeah. And the thing is that when you get that right, which is so foreign to the way we're taught or even conditioned, mm -hmm. when we plug into him, we are, when we abide in the vine, mm -hmm. when we root ourselves in the word of God, things start to transform, yeah. right? The way that I speak to my wife starts to change. The way that I discipline my child starts to change. The way I look at my finances change. Mm -hmm. Straight away, instead of buying gear, my heart wants to bless first. Yeah. You know? And it's crazy because when you start to bless, God starts to say, well, okay, he knows how to deal with money. So let's give him more. And this is not a prosperity message. This is, this is how I believe, at least in my experience, God works. When you get him first and you allow his Holy Spirit to transform your thinking, your priorities, right? Mm -hmm. And he becomes first in everything. Your thinking starts to change. Your mind starts to change. The way you love people starts to change. Mm -hmm. The thing that your hearts were hard to uh, once upon a time are now broken for, yeah. right? And um, it, it, this is, I don't know if I answered your question. But no, you did. It was a trick question and you got it correct. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it about balance? No, I don't think so. I think it's about priorities. There's no such thing as balance, in yeah. my opinion. It's only about priorities. You prioritize what you want. If gym is more important to you than a connect group, then that's it's your priority, right? Um, do I think that's in line with the kingdom of God? No, I don't. Because I think he should come first, right? It says meet as often as you can. Pray without ceasing. These yeah. things should be a priority in our life. And gym should be sick. I'm using gym hypothetically yeah. because this is a hot topic for everybody. Um, but it's about getting priority. And I do think in that there is a level of balance, right? God's never going to want you to suffer physically yeah. for, for the kingdom. I think yeah. there is, there is um, a clear balance in that. Mm -hmm. For me, it's more about priorities. And out of a position of prioritizing God, you find the balance. Yes. All the other blocks start to fit into place. Rather than trying to put all the blocks in place, and God's just one of the blocks. Well, is that not what the scripture says? Seek first the kingdom and all the other things will be added. Probably, you know, that's probably exactly what he was meaning. I mean, it's, there is really a godly balance that you can achieve. And I think something I wanted to touch on with that is that, you know, I think one thing that does rob us of consistency is this constant need for balance. 
you know, I think it's something that we're either consciously or subconsciously always chasing after, you know, and I think it's so easy to step away out of fellowship with God or to step out of fellowship of community so that we can pursue this so-called balance, you know, like, well, you know, I can't commit to, to doing outreach on these days because I have to do X, Y, Z, you know, I can't commit to serving it. And, and here our hearts here, we're not speaking from a place of your whole life should be church and only yeah. church, church, church and only church people. What we're trying to speak here and what we're trying to maybe communicate is that our heart is that we would be able to see a godly alignment come into our lives. So we would be able to put God back on his throne in our lives, that we would be able to enthrone him, that we would say, God, you take your place in my life and I'm going to trust that everything else is going to fall into its natural place instead of me trying to play God and place everything in certain amounts that I believe is going to achieve the superficial feeling of balance in my life that can help me cope. Yeah, and even in that, I just I want to really just flip that around completely because we can do exactly the same thing, yeah, my heart in this, we can do exactly the same thing in church. Mm-hmm. And we can play church. Your dad always uses that yeah, phrase. Yeah. We can play church like a dollhouse. You know, we can open up the doors and we can have all our fancy things. And we can even labor in vain and call it church. Yeah. Hear what I'm saying? Yeah. This is why you can't even make the activities within the four walls we call church a priority. It's got to be God being yeah. priority because so often, and we've experienced this as well. We've done church, 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 connect group, church, connect group, church, church, outreach. And you get quickly burnt out. You lose yeah. your joy and your passion for it. Because why? Because you've made that your focus and not Him. Yeah. And you see Jesus doing this. He always retracts to a place to spend time with the Father, to spend time in prayer. He makes that first. And when He comes out of the presence of the Father, He goes to execute. Okay. And that's what He calls church. So it's... Do not conform to the patterns of this world. And that might even be for how we do church. Amen. Right? Um, we're not saying it's it's gym or work or whatever. Yeah. It could be anything. It's yeah. whenever you put something above God in your life, it doesn't make sense in kingdom culture. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Um, you know, like something that I believe God is speaking to me about this as I was praying this week, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's, it's easy to say, you know, we're trying to pursue balance, so we're cutting certain things out of our lives. And, you know, something God said to me this week is, do you need a change of season or do you need a change of heart? Mm. Because I think it's so quick to cut certain things, as we spoke about earlier, the culture of the world, the highs, the lows, the drama, the cutting this, the chasing after that, the hustling here. You know, it's it's so easy to, as soon as we're feeling uncomfortable or pressed from, from every side, it's easy to start making cuts in our life. And I want to ask you today, are the cuts you're making in your life necessary or is God perhaps just calling you to a change of heart? Is he calling you to a change of season? Is he calling you to close some doors and to open others? Or is he actually just speaking to your heart saying, I'm about to build a deep root system into you. I'm about to build you deep. I don't care about what it's going to look like on the outside. I don't care if it looks completely unbalanced to the world. I don't care if this side of your tree is flourishing and this side of your tree has purple flowers and that side of your tree has green sprouts it doesn't matter to me because what I care about is the roots I care about you going down deep and I think it's so easy for us to just tap out of things in our generation it's so easy for us to be like no 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 no, no. Like, this is a bit too much for me 
And we don't allow God to finish what he started in us. And that's really the heart of this message today when we speak about consistency. You know, as I said, roots establish life and balance. One side may grow larger than the other, but is that really the point? Are you desiring stability and depth, no matter, no matter what it may look like from the outside and no matter what it may cost you? Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us, looking to Jesus. Mm. Lay aside weight, lay aside burdens, lay aside sin. This scripture is calling us to make a change. The scripture isn't calling us to change course. It isn't calling us to tap out of the race. It isn't telling us to change direction or to maybe stop the race and try again later. It's saying no, at all costs, instead of stopping, let stopping be your last resort. This is saying at any and all costs, just throw aside anything that is going to come in the way of you finishing that which I've started, started in you, whether it's it's burden, whether it's sin, whether it's anything, whether it's worldly culture, it's saying get rid of that stuff first. Mm. Let me do a good work in your heart so that you can press on and finish. This isn't about you stopping the race. And I think we had a brilliant analogy when we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> we've, uh, <laughs> we've both run half marathons before when we were looking a bit better i've run run two i ran one (laughs) and i signed up for the marathon last year i mean like peak physical condition i was in peak physical condition when i ran my marathons but um you know something when you speak about running a marathon the truth is that when you get tired while you're training so let's say you're training for a 21k and you reach the 8k mark when you're training you don't stop and say oh well i'm just going to keep running until i get tired so i'm going to keep running until the 8k because I'm telling you now, what happens? You're never gonna train past the 8K mark, right? Yeah. You're always gonna be just getting that far, 8Ks, 8Ks, 8Ks. And the thing about training, the thing about endurance is that it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's not great. <laughs> it's not ideal, it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know, but, mm. but it's in those moments of pressing, it's in those moments of pressure, it's in those moments of the muscle pain and you're gasping for air that that's really when the endurance is being built into you. It's not in the short little sprints that's going to help you run a marathon. It's pushing through a little harder, a little harder every time. Yeah. I want to just, uh, I was reminded of something as Jess was speaking. When I was first training for my, we're not really athletes, right? So I don't know why we're using this analogy. I don't know. We ran up one marathon because it was a trendy thing to do. We are yeah. not athletes. There was actually a blind person running barefoot that beat Jessica the first time she ran. So. It, is the, it is the truth. Good story for the next barbecue. <laughs> um, but I remember I've got a really good friend of mine who's actually in Cape Town right now. And we were training together. And he's like a volunteer firefighter and all these good things. He's a much better person than I am in general. And um, I remember us training. And, you know, when you're training and you're building... Uh, perseverance, you're building stamina, right, to to run these 21-kilometer races or, or whatever it may be. I remember running the first two kilometers on a Saturday morning, being <laughs> broken, you know, like drenched in sweat, you know, you, you're panting. And um, we ran two, three, four times together, and he ran closely to me, and he slowed down his pace. And I want to touch on this because I think fellowship is important in our spiritual race. Mm-hmm. Um, he slowed down his pace to run next to me for a little bit and he said to me, your breathing's wrong. Hmm. And I'll never forget this. 
And he, he taught me how to breathe with my paces. Jelaine, you might, you might know you're an avid runner. Um, and when I started to do that, I started to train my body to be able to work together, right? And soon, I, instead of doing four kilometers, I could now do eight kilometers, 10 kilometers. We trained till 12 kilometers, by the way. So we only really trained for, 12, uh, for half of what we were actually supposed to run in the race. But then the day of the race, because there's so many people around you, there's this adrenaline that kicks in. <laughs> Right, and I want to say that along this journey, along this race, we talk about consistency. Yeah. When it's difficult in the times, you're gonna have these highs where you're achieving, and lows when you feel like you're lonely and running alone, and the road just goes on forever. Right, that's why it's important to have fellowship, to connect in, to have that person come alongside you to say, "Hey, try this. Yeah. You know, this worked for me." And then when you eventually get together and we do this corporate thing called church, which doesn't sit in four walls, yeah. but it's a kingdom global thing. And you get together and you start to see the blessings of God and people being set free and people coming to the knowledge of Christ. There's this adrenaline that kicks into you. You get excited about the things of God and that's when you can just take off. You know what? And you get to the end of that finish line and you look back and you look at your training. You look at how unequipped you were and you look back and you go, wow, this, yeah. this is what it is to run a race. Yeah. And uh, this is exactly what spiritual life is like. Yeah. And I think that ties a lot into faith. We were chatting about faith this morning while we were preparing for the message. I mean, how does faith tie into all of this? Yeah, we were chatting over making some breakfast and I was saying, you know, it's, it is impossible to please God without having faith. The word of God is quite clear on that. And, um, you know, when we use these analogies of running the race and all the rest, you know, we are running the spiritual race mm -hmm. and there's gonna be highs and there's gonna be lows. There's gonna be time when you're tired when you open the Word of God and you read and you feel like nothing's speaking to you, mm -hmm. um, you just feel like, Holy Spirit, where are you? I yeah. need you right now. I, I just need to pick me up. And this is so often when God sends people along our paths, right? When He sends mm -hmm. opportunity, when it's uh, plugging into a connect group, you know, isn't it always amazing that when you least feel like doing church or least feel like going to a connect group or least feel like oh, picking up your guitar and having a worship moment, that's when you're just so blessed mm -hmm. when you attend those things. And this is exactly what it is when it comes to faith. Like, it's going to be a tough race. You know, I don't think when Moses was staring at the Red Sea with all the Israelites behind him that had been in the desert for so long and the Pharaoh, you know, chasing their tails going like, this is it, we're dead, you know. Mm -hmm. Moses stood there in faith. Yeah. He must have stood there in faith going, God, you know, I need you right now. There's nothing else I can do in the physical. Yeah. Um, there is only you right now. Yeah. And this is exactly why... Faith is so important. It is a muscle we need to exercise. Yeah. You cannot just um, read and do life la vida loca. It is, it, there's faith. And because it's a muscle, that muscle will need to break down at some point. It will need to endure something mm -hmm. in order to be broken down so that it can rebuild itself. Yeah. Right? And grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, so faith is absolutely important for, for consistency. And consistency in faith, yeah. you know, knowing that when it's tough. And I, I remember, sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot now, but um, I just remember the day my dad passed on and um, everyone in the house at the time, and many of you might have experienced this, you know, everyone and their dog feels like it's, it's a good idea to show up and <laughs> your house is full with like a hundred people and you're just trying to get to grips with what's happening at the moment. I was 15 and I just remember... Um, the scripture that um, I can do all things um, through Christ who strengthens me and God will turn all things for the good of those that know and love and believe in him. 
And you know, God did that exact thing in our life, but it felt like such a low moment. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad died of unnatural causes, so nothing paid out. We didn't have money. Yeah. We thought we were going to lose the house. Like it was just the lowest of the lowest time. But God absolutely carried us through that season completely. And I don't remember like push pressing into the Bible heavily or, you know, a sackcloth and ash and any of that stuff. No, it was just I knew in that moment that God was there. That's it. And I knew that he was going to carry my family and I through that moment. And we actually, when we get together now for lunch or for dinner once a year, um, we laugh about those times. And we think, you know, is it incredible to believe that we came out of that? Yeah. It's now been 19 years, actually. Um, and God has just carried us through. But it's in those times where faith is so important. Yeah. It is so important. I, I cannot explain it to you more. And getting around people, if you feel like you're low on faith, get around people, plug in. For some reason, we have a tendency to retract and isolate ourselves mm -hmm. from church. I don't know why it is, but our human condition is saying, when I'm hurting or feeling lonely, I'm just going to stay lonely yeah. and retract. And that is the absolute worst thing we can do, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to kingdom. That's the very time that you need to be yeah. around people. You need laugh. You need joy. You need someone to carry you. Mm -hmm in the tough times in your life, and I'm speaking a lot. <laughs> but um, I think that was really the heart, and I'm actually glad we did this in a conversation type way, because this isn't, you know, something that I believe that we can just almost preach at you and say, well, be consistent. You know, yeah. I think this is something that we wanted to share heart to heart and sort of and wrestle with it, because I believe it is something that is difficult for us to adapt into. And maybe it's, maybe it should have, our sermon should have been called, don't give up, you know, but I feel like that one's been used a hundred times, you know, but, but that is the truth of it. I think if you get anything from this message today, it's that, it's don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. Secondly, don't believe that your season in something is coming to an end or a new season is starting just because that's what you're sensing. First check if you're not just sensing a change of heart. Mm. Be quick to discern whether God is calling you to a change in season or whether he's calling you to a change of heart. And I think thirdly, just surround yourself with people who can remind you that you can do it. Surround yourself with people who can check your breathing when you're preparing to run the race. Who or, can... or pulse in my case. <laughs> <laughs> but really, don't give up in everything that you're facing right now. And I'm sure many of you can have something right in the front of your mind at the moment. In everything that you are facing at the moment, don't give up just yet. Don't think that the grace has run out on something. Don't mm. believe that... It's just, you know, it's, it's bringing too much imbalance to your life, so you need to cut it. If you believe that this is what God has spoken to you and you've received confirmation on this, if the Spirit has confirmed it, then we bless you and we love you. And, and I pray that that, that, you'll be, that season that you'll be closing in your life, no matter what area of life it in, it's in, we just pray that it'll be absolutely blessed. But we want to also encourage you to just not give up if you're unsure. Because maybe you're just on the edge of your breakthrough. The Bible speaks continuously about finishing the race and receiving a great reward. We want to be people that finish the races, all of them that God has marked out for us. Yeah, and to come back to the title of the message, like it's to be consistent in those things. Mm -hmm. right? The one thing is not giving up for sure, yeah. but the things that we do take on, 
the priorities that we do take on of God, um, we need to be consistent in those things. One thing Jess and I have learned um, over the last couple of years is that if you want to build anything, if you want to build momentum or stamina or endurance in something, you have to be consistent in it. Mm. And it's tough in the beginning. Mm. You know, we just look at even some of the ministries that we've we've been part of in the last while, putting the building blocks in places, you know, um, seeking consultation, whatever it may be, all of these things are painful in the beginning because mm. you just want to you just want to have a good time in the ministry, right? But having consistency in those things, having consistency in our spiritual walk with God, having consistency in how we do relationships so that you're not like super amazing the one day and like just the worst person in the world to be around the next day. <laughs> but having consistency in these things um, builds depth in us, yeah. right? And when we abide in the Word of God, when we are consistent yeah. in the Word of God, rooted in the vine, right? We are the branches, He's the vine. When we are consistent in that, consistently He brings transformation. Yeah. And we consistently grow, yeah. right? And we consistently bear fruit. Um, so I really, you know, we, again, coming back to the patterns of the world, renewing of the mind, Scripture in Romans 12, like, I just pray for a discernment for each and every single one of you to take a holistic look at our lives mm -hmm. and go, are we positioned to bear fruit for God? Yeah. End of story. Bottom line. And you know what? If we want to bear fruit for God, um, it's, it's, it's quite a linear equation. There needs to be consistency in certain things in our life and certainly in our spiritual walk yeah. um, with Him. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as we said earlier, this is not a... This is not only pertaining to, you know, we use church as an example a lot. You know, I think that's just the context of, of what we're doing here on Sunday. Relationships. Yeah, we're, this, this theme of consistency, everything that we spoke about today, um, if you go back and, and re-listen to this message, think of it from, through the lens of relationships, through the lens of physical health or mental health or anything that you're facing at the moment. Just think of it through that lens. You know, we may have given a lot of, a lot of church examples, but as I said, that's just the realm that we're in. You know, God is calling us to consistency in every area, guys. If you want to excel in business, if you want to excel in your studies, tell me that it doesn't require consistency. It's impossible, all right? But what we want to see is, and maybe what we do have as believers is the unfair advantage of the Holy Spirit yeah, cheering amen. us on and strengthening us and building amen. our roots down deep. That is the... The unfair advantage, I'd probably say, that we have as believers is that we are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit. We have community. We have this family. And we really, really believe in you guys. Mm -hmm. And we know that everything that God's been working in you over the past year, we know that He's going to bring it into a place of consistency right now in Jesus', Jesus name. Yes, and we know that... As you continually press on, as you continually pursue, as you continually reprioritize and refocus your thinking and refocus your feelings, we just really, really are trusting that we are going to see good fruit in each and every one of your lives. And that's a really good marker to know if your roots are going down deep, is if your life is showing fruit, not only fruit in the physical in terms of finances or job promotions or relationships, but also spiritual fruit. Yeah. How is your spiritual life doing? How are you mentoring anybody? Are you coming alongside anybody? Are you growing anyone? Are you praying for anybody? Who did you get to pray the sinner's prayer with last? Right? 
So we're just praying for good fruits in each and every one of your lives. So should we pray together, church? Should we just bring this to a close? Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry I included Donovan. You know that if it was me preaching, this would have been a 20-minute message. But sorry, guys. the pastor likes to speak, guys. Lots on my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So do you want to pray and then I'll just close off for us? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Lord, we thank you for that word, Father. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. Lord, we ask that you bring consistency in our lives. Father, because we want to build stamina. We want to go deep. We want to be consistent. We want to be people that are reliable. We want to be a church that is perceived um, as being constant in what they say, in what they do. Father, we don't want to broadcast that we're doing something fantastic and then it never gets done or you know that we have these awesome moments in the summer and then we don't exist again in the winter or whatever it may be father we want to be consistent in the things that we do in the kingdom father but more more than just church and and spiritual things father i pray that you start to build consistency in every area of our lives Mm -hmm. in accordance with the priorities um, that you have placed upon our lives father So if we're in a season where we need to be working, Father, I ask that you build consistency in that area so that we can be reliable employees, that when we carry the banner of Jesus Christ into our workplace, everyone knows what we stand for, who we are, and when we say we're going to deliver, we will deliver, Father. And I pray that for every area of our lives, Mm -hmm. in our relationships, Father, maybe we be people um, that are just seen as faith, that are just constant in what they say and what they do, that are not flaky, um, Father, that don't just have these emotional whatever, you know, woe is me moments and then we disappear for weeks at a time, Father, but Mm -hmm. that we're constant um, in who we are in our emotions, Father, that people know that what they see is what they get. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is important in every era of our lives, Lord, and I know that we can only build true consistency, Father, if we are rooted in the one thing, yeah. And that is you, Father. If yeah. we abide in the vine, Father, if we stay in the word, if we press into you, if we spend time Jesus. in your presence, Father, yeah. and you allow, uh, we allow you to transform our lives, Father, you will bring consistency. Yeah. You will shape the everyday of our lives. You will bring into perspective, into focus, the things that should be priority in our lives, Father, and you will silence the noise in our life. So I pray that for every single person watching the stream this morning, bless them, Lord. I pray this message minister to them in your wonderful name. Yeah, thank you, Lord.